This episode of The Mom Voice is brought to you by Cure Hydration. Over the course of the podcast, you've heard us talk a lot about our journey to be a healthier, better version of ourselves. And you guys, what we love about Cure is that it's a clean, organic product. It's plant-based, non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free. And if I'm being 100% honest, one of the things I love about Cure is that it's only 25 calories. Another fun feature of Cure is that they have their new subscribe to save program. That immediately saves you 20 to 28% and then add our code on top of that and you're combining your saving. So if you're looking to get some extra hydration in your day, go check out Cure. It's Cure, C-U-R-E, hydration.com. And then at checkout, enter code MOMVOICE for an additional 20% off your new subscribe to save service. Hey guys, welcome to The Mom Voice. This is Lauren and Sarah with episode 132. Okay, Lauren, I have a major mom fail. This could be my miss, but I'm just going to put it right up front so we can talk about it a little bit. Okay, yes. I legit have two or three clocks, like physical wall clocks in my home right now that have been stuck at the same time. For legit like 18 months now. No joke. Like the batteries are dead. Like batteries are dead. They're hanging on the wall and they absolutely do not tell the right time. And as we're sitting here, I have another one in my in the office that we're recording in that is the exact same way. Like what is my problem? It's so funny, you guys. Stop, Lauren. I say it every time. You say this every it's week. It's uncanny. You guys, we do not plan her Stop. like opening liners. But it's funny. I literally took my wall, my clock down off the wall two days ago because it's been dead as well for months. And it's still <gasps> sitting off the wall. So I'm not the only one. No. Oh that's my so funny. And I actually, I actually, my neighbor was getting rid of their, one of her clocks. And so I was, I liked it better, but it was smaller and it. I tried to put it up, but it didn't fit my space. So now they're just both sitting there on the floor. And I'm like, I'm not putting that back up till I re- get a battery in it. Oh, my gosh. So it's been on the floor for like, against the wall for two days. And get I'm like, a battery. dang it. No, oh. it's so true. And that's funny because my kids in third grade right now are doing time again, like doing the specific time clock and everything. And I'm like, I've got to be on it so I they know. can be on it. <laughs> I know. I feel so bad. And I know. two of the clocks are in my kids' room. No, it's the And worst. I'm just like, such a mom fell. I literally walk by them daily and it bugs me daily i i i have it this my clock is really large so it probably does take a double or triple a but do most clocks take per- specific weird batteries oh no i don't think so they're all just like a standard and this is double like a. not a super heavy clock we're talking about like a 12 inch target clock no you know? for sure and I'm like, oh my what gosh it's my problem and in that same vein like i have also been known to not take the price tag off things Case in point, let me just tell you, do you, are you nodding your head right now? I, for the first time ever, took the shams off my pillows this weekend to wash them. I've had these shams on my bed for like two years and I still have- A pillowcase sham. Yeah, a pillowcase sham. That, that like a nice one, yes, you know, right. that I for a big, whatever, like a pillow, not that I sleep on. Yeah. Right. A decorative. Yeah. yeah decorative. Thank you. No joke. I still had the home goods clearance sticker on every single one of them. Well, and I, I'm like, what's I'm even my problem? Worse. You guys, this is why we're best friends. It's so weird. <laughs> this is just weird. The night you came over to hang out, I was like cleaning my room and on my hamper that I've had for like a year. Yeah. 
the tag still hanging. I'm not about a sticker tag. I'm about the loop tag. Cutting I literally it. cutting it. Mm-hmm. I literally pull the paper off the plastic and that little plastic loop sits there for probably three more years. <laughs> it's just too hard. I have it, it on two of my bags <laughs> I can think of. I have this like tote I got. It's still sitting on like one. I'm like, just freaking cut it off. George is really good about like biting things and ripping. I can never put anything in my mouth like that. Yeah. I have yeah. to go get the scissors and yeah. then it just doesn't happen. Oh my gosh. I'm the worst. And like my mother-in-law, if and when she hears this, she'll be nodding because she is so funny. Anytime she sees a tag at my house, she'll be the one to like, oh, you know, take my it gosh. off for me. And I, I'm like, I don't totally, know. Do I not see it anymore after so long? Like what is Oh yes. It? Right. It's so bizarre. I would agree. Yeah. It just kind of, and it just, I know. I got to get my crap together. It's weird. Point. I'm like, Come on, Sarah. This is not okay. But anyway. Okay. Well, we have a fun episode today. Yeah. Interesting. Helpful. Helpful. A little saucy in a way. We're talking relationship advice today because it's been a minute since we've done that on the podcast. It absolutely has. We were like scaling back and it was like, wow, it's been a few months. Yeah. And we like to mix it up here and give you a well-rounded content from time to time. So... You want to just dive right in? But first, before we do, um, we did want to just take a second and like a serious moment and just kind of say a thank you to all of our um, soldiers and people in service uh, for, you know, the U.S. We are like, it's been a lot. You know, we're watching the news. We've had heavy hearts and like, it's just so much to take in. And we know that so many families out there are affected not only by the deaths of these recent soldiers, but just all the people that have sacrificed for time in Afghanistan all these years. Yeah. So if you're listening to this one down the road, we're talking about the recent withdrawal from Afghanistan. Sorry, I can't talk. Um, And we were just saying like, there's probably so many emotions. And if you're husband or if yourself, if anybody you know has served over there or, you know, been in the military at any point, there's probably a lot of feels and a lot of like things going on as you're watching the news right now. Everything is so highly like politicized and everything. And that's not like what we're talking about. We're just wanted to take a quick moment and say thank you for your service and for your sacrifice, really, because when we were talking about it earlier today off the mic, You made like such a beautiful point, I thought, Lauren, where I was saying something like, you know, it's just so sad when you watch some of the news reports that, you know, they say how quickly it just returned, you know, to the the former The chaos chaos, and the Taliban. Yeah. All of that. But then you made such a good point of like the people who serve there, they gave those people like 20 years of peace, essentially, or as peaceful as it could have been, you know? And security, security. you know? I mean, I think they probably found a lot of confidence in the fact our soldiers were there and protecting them, and it brought that government some time to restore itself, all of it. And And that, that is a lot as well. And of course, that cannot be dismissed or forgotten. Like there's been 20 years of hard work by us as a country and by our soldiers and military and so yeah. we just yeah, had to recognize that. I mean, for me, I just feel like such a patriot and so when I see these things and I all those soldiers we were saying, like most of them were like between 22 to like 26. I mean, they were like toddlers when I this know. started. When September 11th happened, you know, they were little kids and they committed to serving our country. And 
terribly. Mm. They're the ones that lost their lives in these last few days and weeks. And it's just, it's, it is, it's beyond tragic. And we just, we feel so honored and appreciative of all the help and service that you guys continue to do. I know. So we just had to say that up front. So thanks for reminding me. That was yes. good. All right. Well, let's dive into the juice. I know. Shifting here. <laughs> shifting gears. I know. 180. We are talking about eight habits that will kill, 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 kill your married sex life. Yeah. Tonight. Yeah. From a man's perspective. Right. Very importantly. So we came across this like article that is written by a man about our age. It's an author named B.J. Foster, and he is a dad. He's married. Stop laughing at me, Lauren. His name is B.J. Oh, Laura. <laughs> I didn't Where's even, your head at? I didn't even see that. That's oh interesting. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Listen to okay, you. B.J. I, B.J., yes. <laughs> um, no, but he makes a really good point. So he's talking about how, you know, obviously, we have talked over and over and over again how marriage, intimacy, sex, all of it can really suffer over time as the kids come, as more kids come, as money troubles come. As as, we age. As we age and our libido changes and our hormones change. We have have covered it from like every every angle on this podcast. Yes, we have. So this one is interesting because it's what a man is saying. He's advising for us because it's coming on the other end of what's going to kill your sex life. And um, so on the other side of it, of what we need to watch for and not just cultivate, but like these are things we need to like prevent from happening too. 100%. And he kind of narrows it down to on top of like all of those things, like the kids, the worries, the money, all of it. A lot of things that end up killing your your sex life and a marriage are habits uh-huh. and yeah. how these habits kind of like sneak in over time as complacency sets in and just year after year. And I thought that was so interesting. He kind of, right. narr- he didn't like talk about like, you know, being friends with the opposite sex or like ha- going to a trainer, like all these other things. He narrowed it all down to like eight habits and, and I thought that and was things really that you're in control of. Yeah. Like you th- they're in your day-to-day life and you're in control of that. Yeah, hundred percent. So number one is laziness. Mm-hmm. He's saying having sex is like working out. It takes energy, initiative, and sometimes planning. I kind of hate that. I know. The planning thing's always like a well. But like when you read on this topic, I mean, people do say that that maintenance sex or like that scheduled sexy time can be beneficial. I don't well, know. Well, of course, to make it happen, if that's what it's going to take, at least for a time being, absolutely. You have to You have to have it. You have to make it happen. So if it has to be penciled in like some meeting, which is just in a lot of ways so awful, but yeah. I, it, at least to get into that routine, because we've said that before, sex begets sex. If you start having the sex, you will have more sex, and then the drive and the craving will be there more. Yeah. So at least if you kind of start off that way, I get that. But I can totally see the laziness. And what I kind of take that as too is like a priority thing. Mm-hmm. Like for me, selfishly, sometimes at the end of the day, I just like don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want anyone to bug me. I just want to zone out and watch my show. And then therefore- And be I, lazy. And be lazy. Me too. And then therefore you're staying up late, watching your show, vegging out. You get to bed t- late. You're tired. The next day you're tired. The next night you don't want to do it because you're tired and you're sleepy. And that's kind of just like where I see a cycle of like, you know, 
you, or you're not working out, you're kind of just in a veg out kind of lethargic stage or week or whatever. Yeah. And how it just can easily like, I don't, I just snowball. I, I don't want to take my clothes off. Yeah. It's cold well, in here. Well, that's what I was going to say. I just don't want to go to bed. You, yeah. You can like be lazy too about trying. Like, yes. Oh. Like don't just sleep in like the grunge t-shirt and like the holy underwear. Like, right. Be, don't be so lazy. Like, right. turn it on every now and then. You right. know what I'm saying? And of course, it doesn't have to be like, every night. But like, no, if it's been a few no. nights and you yeah. feel like, oh, we really need to. Yes. I maybe don't want to or I'm tired. Yeah. But again, like, once you kind of get back into that groove and you wake it up a little bit, hopefully you bounce back. Right. But you definitely, everybody can get into like a tired funk or you're just not in the mood, or I've gained weight, or you're not working out, so you don't have that extra like endorphin or drive, the guys, the testosterone. So like kind of doing those extra steps to play up for that. And on top of being tired, he also talks about the fear of being rejected Mm -hmm. and how you might, if if you've initiated sexy time a few times and like gotten shut down for whatever reason, or your partner has said, I'm tired or not tonight or like whatever, to not stop initiating and like have open communication on, okay, why are you turning me down? Like what's going on? You know, because that could be a bigger problem. Right. But like, don't, don't let them be lazy either. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Kind of motivating each yeah, other. Come on, exactly. let's let's make this a priority. Let's yeah. get back to it. Like, yeah. come on. The priority. I love yep. that. Make it a priority. Okay, number two was complacency. Mm. This is kind of the same thing. So it says sex can become predictable after a number of years. It's easy to fall into a habit of doing the same old, same old. It can cause women in particular to feel pressure about sex because they feel like they need to hit all the normal points rather than connecting and exploring together. Switch things up, change the order, and try new things. So interesting. So interesting. Whoa. Uh, I can totally see that, though. I can see you kind of get into your, once you're, you know, you know each other, you know what you like, it might be the same every time, you might have your certain position or your certain whatever. So I can understand how it might get, in a in a way, boring. Yeah. Like, predictable, like yeah. you said. And so, but... Or if you're viewing, like, okay, I just have to do X, Y, and Z to be done. And get it over with. You know what I mean? Yes. If you're in like one of those funks that we've talked about throughout, again, the course of the podcast where, you know, you've just had a baby, you're hormonal, you're just not in, you're in one of those valleys, not in one of those peaks. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. And you might be having a harder time reaching your climax. Right. It, I can see how it becomes a like checking off the boxes type thing. Right. So what he's saying here is like, don't do that. Don't get complacent. And if you're not like feeling satisfied and if your partner's not feeling satisfied, then switch it up. Right. No, I think that's huge. I think trying something new or wearing something new or just, you know, showing that initiative that you want to like have a spicy different night. I think that speaks so much, speaks volumes to your partner because then they say, oh, wow, they they want this. His dreams come true. Right. Dreams can come true still, (laughs) even 15 years in. No, I'm just kidding. But like, I think it really excites the other person. And even as like a woman, 
from the man, like if they put like roses out or if they turned on music or if they want to do a bath first, Mm -hmm. like something different, like it just seems like, oh, they're thinking about me and they're trying. They're trying. I think the fact that you see your partner trying because they want you to feel special or different or they want to change it up. I think that can be really actually sentimental and really sweet and super and, effective and, and, and effective to like boost exactly your marriage, 100%. exactly. So I think it can be. Wow, this is a turn on. I'm excited. This is changing it up. Yeah. Whereas he's saying when you don't do those things and you right. get lazy and you get complacent, this you is just what roll kills over to the same life. thing. Yeah. You just uh, and you go to bed and exactly. then it's like okay, yes, exactly. I agree. Number three, not taking care of your body. Right. Let me read the little blurb that old that old JB says, okay? Uh, BJ. BJ. <laughs> JB. How dare I? <laughs> um, he says, this is more than just exercising and eating healthy, both of which can be huge factors in implementing a married sex life. However, if you and your spouse should go to the doctor at... L- You and your spouse should go to the doctor at least once a year to monitor your overall health and stress levels. Recently, a friend told me his wife was having a hard time, which included a lower libido and depression. By visiting the doctor, she learned that her body was not producing enough progesterone. A simple fix turned things around. And I just have to say, hallelujah, okay? Yes. you guys know, if you've been listening recently, I've gone to a hormone doctor And I had all the blood work done, all the panels, and I was chronically low in progesterone, Mm. crazy low. So I've been taking like a progesterone supplement and I do feel, I mean, I feel more balanced and I, I I don't know if I'm going to say like, I'm just wanting to rip his clothes off all the time. No, but I feel like less crazy. Like, oh, absolutely. it's balancing the estrogen to where I'm not so emotionable and irritable and I have those more loving feelings towards him and I find myself like looking at him and being like oh he's so cute and like you know those little things like I I am so weird Lauren there are times when I just want to smell him do you know what I'm talking about yeah does George have a smell oh for sure like that smell yes well sometimes you get a whiff of that smell and it literally takes me back to like dating dating like the early stages like that initial like your brain like clocks that memory of like you were wanting it bad and yes and it is true it is true and that's when you were just like crazy horny teenager well you know young adults and 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 so it's like and so it kind of triggers that like yeah. past time. And totally. so it's interesting. It totally but, is. Um, no, I would agree with all of that. And we have always been an advocate to make sure that you are well and stable. And if something does feel further off, like I'm tried and we're, we've tried together, then it could be, okay, I need a doctor visit. Like yeah. this is more than I can control. And we should always address that. Yeah. And I think we've been big advocates and have said that many times. So of course, taking care of yourself and making sure you are well and balanced and feeling yourself, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. From a physical, emotional, and a mental standpoint. Like Definitely. Get it all checked out. Totally. All right. Number four is lack of communication. This is a biggie. Biggie. Like you guys, when we were first friends in college... We would watch movies like what? Um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, totally. And as they're like broken up at the end, we're just screaming at the TV. Just talk to each other. Right. Just tell her. Just, just tell her. Right. Don't feel. let her know. Yes. Oh, all of it. We have always said every single problem in every rom-com can be resolved by communication. Absolutely. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? Let me read what old JB says. 
BJ. Why do I keep doing that? Because you just don't want to say BJ. What's wrong with me? He says, great sex starts with emotional connection, especially for women. Marriages suffer when husbands and wives slowly stop communicating. I think that's totally true. Your sex life is one of the first things to suffer from lack of communication in a marriage. Never stop communicating. Share your emotions, fears, and hurts. Talk about your relationship often. Talk about your sex life, what you like, what turns you on. Talk during sex. Wherever you do, never stop communicating. Oh, yes. I love that. Whoa. It's so, so true. It's so true. Well, okay. So what is... Uh-oh. Lauren, There's like what's a mosquito? You guys, it's like she's trying to wipe I, this bug. It's or a something. bug that keeps climbing like into my eyeballs. Hilarious, <laughs> and it's on my mic now. Okay, okay. What is okay? Let me say this right. Uh-oh. The woman's largest sex organ. Her brain. Her brain. Is that our true? brain? Yes, it is. Oh, that's so our good. brain is our largest sex organ because we think so much yeah, and we, we are such a mental species yeah. and we like and and that therefore totally you know crosses over into our sex life and our sex drive and all of it totally. and so I think when we're like happy and content with our partner and we're feeling loved and we feel understood oh it's so much easier to oh, yeah. have a good sex there's right? so much to break down here so okay. much he says talk about your emotions your fears and your hurts So I think that's all like relationship stuff. Like if you're feeling insecure, you're feeling neglected, you have like any sort of negative feelings about your partner, your relationship, your sex life, anything, address those. But then he talks about, talk about your sex life, Mm -hmm. what you like and what you don't like. Do you think a lot of couples do this? Yes or no? I mean, maybe it's, it's a, a generational. If thing it's too. a priority, yeah, I do think they are. But I think when it does get like we've said a million times, when it's not and it's pushed to the back burner, no, they're not addressing it because it goes right back to the last note. If you wanted to spice it up, you would say, "What's something new? Maybe we order something. Maybe we take a bath tonight." You're talking about it, yeah. But then yeah. if if yeah, if it's just not working, you're and not I would talking say, about it, like. If that's a topic that maybe you and your husband have not ever, like, been super open about talking about, I I don't know. I I don't think there's any harm. And I would almost, yeah, encourage you to go there. But I just feel like if you can have sex and you can do all those things, there is nothing you cannot say to your partner. totally. And so if there's anybody that's, like, feeling off about that, like... Yes, re, not but reevaluate, were, but like dig deeper because it's like if you're doing this most intimate thing and who even knows what and whatever goes on in your bedroom, it's, I mean, you should be able to say anything to that person. But I mean, think about if we have some ultra conservative listeners, you know what I'm saying? Who were raised like really conservatively Christian, like it could be uncomfortable for them to talk super openly about sex and positions and spots and all the things. It could be. I mean, I think you and I, obviously, we don't mind talking about things. We don't mind talking. But I mean, (laughs) I could see how, especially in like your earlier years of your marriage, if you were raised in like a really Christian religious household or even like other religions too. I mean, where like it's abstinence up until your marriage night. Like, I could see how all of a sudden just flipping that switch and talking dirty or, like, talking about 
sex positions or like whatever toys like that's that's a leap for some people you know what yes, I mean I agree. and like we're sitting here as 37 year old women 36 year old women like we've been married for a bit now but like if you're in your earlier stages I would say there is no harm and like Lauren said you're in like yeah, you're doing the most intimate thing with your partner. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to talk about it. Totally. Okay. Number five, lack of sleep. Man, have we said this over and over again? But over this is the over. fifth habit, you guys, that will kill your sex life in your marriage. He says, these days, the only time we have to ourselves is after the kids go to bed. Right. He understands, Lauren. He does. He gets it. Good job. It's BJ. tempting. It's tempting to stay up late and sleep too little, but the lack of sleep increases anxiety and possible depression. Our overall productivity drops along with a healthy libido. Mm-hmm. Make sure you and your spouse get plenty of sleep. Do you think you get enough sleep, Lauren? No, I don't. I know I don't. No, because Sarah does not. Sarah does not get enough sleep. <laughs> she can vouch for that oh, now. Oh, my word. Yes, I can. <laughs> she does not sleep enough. But um, I I do think, and it, it, like he said, you, and we have said this also since day one, you just become so like selfish to those few hours at the end of the day because you're just like, I had a long day. It's my time. Leave me alone. They're precious. And you, yes. And yes. I I have said on the mic so many times, like I need those little quiet, settled hours literally to recharge the next day or I am just going to be like in for it. And so I like can appreciate just vegging out and quiet time. And I, But I also will say the last few years, I've really valued that time with my spouse and with my husband and making sure that we're bonding and we're together. Yeah. But I know it's hard to do all of those things and get to bed at a decent time so you're ready to go the next day. And like, what is enough sleep? You know, I know, what is, I mean, truly they would say eight hours, like who, but who actually, gets, eight who hours? actually gets eight hours? Like I'm doing good if I'm getting five. I'm serious when I That's say that. That's good. I, I am good between six and seven. Yeah. Um, I, I feel pretty good. Uh, I would probably be running tired if I had five, but I feel like I, you know, you, you guys know, like I've talked about it before. I'll like go to sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night. I like tend to whatever. I'll start watching TV again, but I feel like combined hours I'm in like the five, six range. She does that. She does that to sleep thing. What was that called? Oh my gosh. That's such a throwback, Lauren. What was was that called? Yeah. Like the two, the two sleeps. Yeah. The two sleeps. They wake up to make a baby and eat and go back to bed. Yeah. We did an episode (laughs) so long ago. Back, I don't know, 50 episodes ago. And it was a good one because it did talk about early on in like the 1800s and 1700s. Before there was electricity. Yeah, before electricity, people would wake up in the middle of the night. And why? To light the candles? It was saying like they would go to sleep when the sun went down. When the sun went down, which would be like 6 p.m., 6.30 in the winter. And then they would wake up at like midnight and have a second wind. Right. A lot of people would like have sex. Yeah, and like eat again. and whatever, eat, whatever, and, and then, then they go, go back, back to bed, bed till sunrise, sunrise. <laughs> right? Which totally makes sense. Yeah. It's so interesting, and only since Fascinating. the advent of like electricity did we start sleeping, having like a whole night, like sleep. going to bed at 10, 11 right. o'clock, and yeah, and then funny. sleeping through okay. the night. Number six, you ready? Thinking and speaking negatively is another habit that will kill your sex life in a marriage. He says, thinking and especially speaking negatively about yourself 
or your spouse is like throwing cold water on sexual excitement. (laughs) Yeah, Be kind to her and to yourself regarding physical appearance and attractiveness. When people don't feel good about themselves, they are less enthusiastic about having sex. Build a habit of thinking and speaking posititively. Whoa. Yeah, you think? We talk about this all the time, you too. Think Be if nice we don't to feel, yourself. Right. If we don't feel pretty or cute or wanted, yeah, we may not want to have sex with you. <laughs> yeah, but this is like such a key one. I think on yeah. so many levels, it's so damaging when you're in your head all the time and critiquing yourself. And then when you go to the point of critiquing your husband right. inside your mind. Right. Like, I that that can like eat away at things as well. Oh, Do you totally. know what I'm saying? Well, when you're like, why does he wear that? Why is he, Well, it's you know? interesting. It's the physical stuff that he highlights and um, specifically like complimenting each other or like appreciating the you know, attractiveness. The attractive. Or or the, yeah, yeah. The, right. The appeal. But I also think that even goes further to like just squaring away the argument you had two days ago. Because if you have pent up feelings or even some sort of resentment that runs any bit deep, you're just like, no, I don't really need to I don't want to hang out with you tonight or uh, why do I need to help you or make you feel happy and good no you know you're like you kind of have your if there's a wedge yes right you just that yeah exactly so I mean for sure you can go to the next level of like really just schmoozing and making her feel good and beautiful and that's always welcomed but I think even just like if you snapped at her at dinner or if you like or if he, me, if I'm moody and I'm just like yelling at him and, you know, for no reason, like, yes, those little things, you know. Oh, yeah. They add up. They add up. And they like, yes, they're a beat down. For in sure. In so many ways. And I would say, like, be careful of letting negative thoughts, like, get in your head. Right. Of, like, those critiques. And, like, really maybe look at, like, why am I being so critical of right. my spouse? Right. Like we talk over and over again about critiquing ourselves and how unhealthy that is. And we know that that's such a work in progress for all of us. Absolutely. But I I think we don't talk a lot about critiquing our spouses. And that's super harmful to a marriage, I think. Yeah. So look at like the reasons why you might be doing that, I would say. Okay. Number seven, co-sleeping with kids Hmm. can be a killer in the bedroom, Lauren. It what do you know about a, that? Yes. <laughs> and definitely be a blocker. Do you know what I'm saying? He, yeah. He says, in my opinion, it's okay to occasionally have a child sleep in your room. If a child has a nightmare or is scared of a thunderstorm, it's fine to give him or her a sense of security. However, when it becomes a habit, it becomes a problem. Your bedroom needs to be reserved for you and your spouse. 100%. I can't really speak to this because you guys know I've been a sleep Nazi from day one. And I've always been terrified of letting my kids co-sleep. I don't know why. I've just always thought if I gave them an inch, they would take a mile. And right. so I've always tried really, really hard to like go to their bed with them and not like let them get used to having mom and dad there. Right. That's smart of you. you Very know? smart. Not but even having see. mom and dad there, but just the comfort of like yeah, your bed. Yes. Yeah. Because they're like, that's a novelty and I want to go there. And not being alone. Right. Or like or not yes, being in right. room I'm not alone. The hall, I totally exactly. get it. Yeah. Okay. So here's a question. Have you ever fooled around with a child in the room? How old is the child? Yes, I know. That's the, that's <laughs> the truth because that's what I actually was going to go to next. Like five or under. Uh, yeah. 
probably not. Yeah. Like on vacation, yeah, yeah, hotel yeah, rooms, sure. right? We've all had to do sure. that, man. That like 2 a.m. Yes, right? Feel. I know the safety. Sure. But there is like an age for that because they are like oblivious. They don't understand anything. Oh, totally. Even, even I mean, just the risk of video. But it's just funny. But no, I, I definitely have dealt with this. And I've talked about my son with like um, night anxieties and like we've had kids just in and out before. And yeah, it can be just a bummer. And it can totally, I have never been a co-sleeper, never. I've never like slept with a baby like a true from yeah right, day one. Right. And that's how we sleep or a family bed. Absolutely. If there's a bad dream or scared, they have come to our room. And most of the time I'm pretty heart mean mm-hmm. and I put them on the floor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you can lay on the floor. <laughs> I don't want to be squished. I don't like the elbows in my face. Like I'm just like, okay, this is like sleep here on the floor. I know. But I know. definitely it throws you off. And even just like the other night, we're just like getting cozy and stuff and knock, knock, knock. We always go lock the door. I mean, That's don't we smart. all? Don't we all? We oh lock the door when you know, you know, it might get exciting. So we always lock the door. Well, not always, but some nights we lock the door. And then they can't. They're like, da, 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 da. knock, 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 da, 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 da. rattling the door. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, and are they like, mom, dad, I can't get in? <laughs> well, because again, my oldest is so used to it. Like, I think yeah. he thinks we lock the door. Oh, the- yes. It's like, yeah. Mom, he's not oh like alarmed. Yeah. But my younger kids who don't come down very yeah. often, they get a little thrown off. Mom, yeah. mom, like, yeah. why? Why is this locked? I'm yeah. alone. It's dark, you know? Oh my gosh. So, it's just funny. Oh, I think you probably so all can relate to something like that. Oh, totally. But, oh, it's such sure. a bust sometimes. I guess, but if you are in your very early parenting journey, maybe be careful of that. Be careful of the family bed situation. Yeah, I mean, Angela and Joe Lee loved that. Yeah. I used, to remember, I used to remember reading about her in the family bed. Oh, but I'm like, how do you really keep like your love alive if well, you I guess literally when you have don't kids. have real jobs? You can have sex during the day D- when your kids. But are who at is that? Who doesn't have real jobs? Right. And actresses. Who, who again? That sleep thing. Like, I guess you could wait till the kids go to bed and like shift them or move them. But then, so like, what? Work. Then you're gonna have to re wake up at like midnight. And you're tired to do it. Like, it's like no. It's like too much. Yeah. That's. I mean, no dissing that because I know that's important to some people. I know, but I know. to keep the love life alive. Yeah. You might need to reconsider some of that. Yeah, totally. Okay, number eight, and the final one is the final habit that old JB... JB, You did it again. BJ. BJ. The final habit that he says can lead to killing your sex life is pornography. Wow. Okay, we're going to go into this one a little bit. Yeah. He says, I have no doubt someone will comment that watching porn as a couple can help a marriage's sex life. Some people have even claimed that porn saves marriages, but no data supports that. What the data does support is that for every claim of marriage being helped, thousands of marriages and lives are destroyed by pornography. And then he says, it's dangerous and divisive. Okay, let's talk about pornography. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm like qualified to talk about it really, but I can give my opinions on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's such a common thing now from what I hear and what I read, even with what like youth are struggling with, like teenagers and what they're being bombarded with. And I think it's very much so becoming trying to become like a normalized thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like we were watching a show the other night, Lauren. And we literally turned it off, you guys. And we're not prudes by any means, but it was just kind of a stupid show. But literally within the first three minutes, probably, right, there is a girl, like, 
you know, yes, pleasuring herself to her laptop, you know, and it's like so interesting. It's interesting. And so I guess let's talk about how that can become a sex killer in a marriage. Well, I definitely think, yes, outside of like maybe some outside of religious couples or people, I think for some porn is a norm and it's like normal and it's natural and whatever. I've always been told and I've grown up thinking that it is very harmful and very dangerous and very like unrealistic. And I mean, extreme and yeah. vile. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I think when it's in a marriage, I can see how the damage is done because gosh, you're seeing a lot. You're exposed to a lot. You're seeing other women. You're seeing other fantasies. And it's becoming like an unrealistic expectation of how a woman should look or what a woman should be doing or, or how, how a woman should react. Like it's not realistic. And it's well, and not, especially that sex should be such like a special, yeah. sacred, intimate thing. I mean, you know us, we are very religious and it is something safe for marriage. And and so for it to just kind of be um, defiled and, and made so entertaining and, and wild and yeah, just the unrealistic expectation, I think it would mess with anybody's mind. And not to mention, I think it opens so many doors for men especially, but anybody, men and women, to like want critique. To, right. Critique or angles. explore something else. And I think so much of how how adultery starts and um, you know, yeah. these these desires that are like exposed and opened up yeah. and when really that should be between husband and wife or partners or whatever, you know, your mm-hmm. stances, your, you know, a trusting relationship, mm-hmm. it should be between two people that really care about each other and their feelings and, and fulfilling each other and yeah. not this wild. Thing. Well, I don't know. I think it, I think too, when you read about like intimacy, like, you're only going to achieve the highest form of intimacy when like emotion and like connection are involved. And I don't know how you can go from viewing that. And we're talking about like best case scenario here of you watching it together. I think there's a lot of instances where the man is watching it by himself. The woman is watching it and then coming to their partner to like, fulfill the physical part right right we have like that human connection like you are my person and we are one i don't know how porn helps that to be honest well and then you can go into the studies and all the extremities of it but they do say that i mean it literally tweaks the brain you know and it hits you like almost like a drug and Mm -hmm. a dopamine and that drive and it opens just a whole different window um of just your life and your perspective. And I think it just really can do a lot of damage. And I think a lot of us know that, but then there are a fair amount of us that maybe have felt otherwise to that. But I mean, yeah, you're valid in your feelings. Right. Exactly. I thought it was super interesting that from a man's perspective that he put this habit on this list. I was like, shocking. And this is not a religious website. Right. This is a man who is a father and like, married obviously and he thought this could be dangerous for a marriage and i do think that you know it's one of these things that obviously we've had someone on the podcast who her husband dealt with sex addiction and pornography yeah, addiction right. and i think it's such a real thing now that you oh. can become addicted to 
And like, are you willing to roll the dice on that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because addiction. Uh, it, it's so, uncontrollable. Right. At it, that point. It, exactly. When that gets activated, and I do feel like I've understood a lot about addiction. Like when that part of you does get activated, you lose a lot of control over the situation. Well said. And how tragic. Yeah. You know? And what are you willing to sacrifice right. for that? Right. When really, again, you can just bring it down to you and your spouse. Yeah. And again, keeping it between you. I would dare say that I feel like when it is heavily involved or and you don't know that they're watching it or even if they continue to watch it against your wishes, I I do think it's almost like adultery in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like I know that's, that's like fair. seems a little yeah. extreme, but emotional. like emotional. Emotional yeah. well and physically. Yeah. I mean yeah, physically true. they're doing that to satisfy themselves and beyond. And I and I mean it's not an affair, but I do think it opens the that door to so much and to and and to wanting to explore so much and so I think it's just like you said such a risk what risk are you willing to give for your marriage your family is that worth it well again I'm so not qualified to speak on this subject but I just have to think it does desensitize things to a certain degree oh yeah like exactly you know when you're playing really crazy video games and you're seeing or we're watching all these shows of people getting killed and shit like we just get desensitized to so much language look at how we all talk now compared to 50 years ago oh i know you know what i'm saying when every netflix show is f-bomb 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 like and you're just like and i guess it's the norm people talk like that oh my gosh you know what i mean that's so crazy but it is and so exactly oh that's anyway. and if anything, that should be the number one thing. I know it, it, out of even the moral stance and everything, it does just desensitize your your view on sex. Yeah, it and does. it changes everything for you. And and, and that could be really sad. All right. Well, hopefully that was useful and some fresh reminders. Yeah, I know that we've kind of touched on some of these things before, yeah. and you know, like we've said before. Our sex episodes are always our most popular, and it's they funny. Are. We're not like pros on this, and we're not always the most comfortable talking on all of this, but we just feel like opening that dialogue and having those reminders will hopefully benefit your marriage. And again, we're all moms here. Yes. And it's like, it's all, it's part of our lives. It's how we got our beautiful babies, and like, yes, and that's what we're here for as totally. friends and moms. Yes, we're friends. Okay, let's do our hits and misses for the week. What was your hit? My hit was actually today, um, I had two of my kids had play dates with two friends from school. And I really wanted to make it happen. Some new friends, new faces in their classes. And they got to come over today. And I just was really excited. They were excited. And I want them to make new friends. And I think it does wonders when you can just play outside of school together, kind of bond them. So it was good. I'm glad I made it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I invited them over. So we had two extra kiddos today. And it was great. They had so much fun. You took one for the team. Yeah, I guess I did. I did. (laughs) That's so awesome. Okay. Well, my hit is kind of a funny one, but I'm, I'm legit calling it a hit. This past week, I just got like rejuvenated to unsubscribe all the marketing emails in my email box. Oh, look at you. I know. So like every day I've probably unsubscribed at least 10. Good. I feel like I do this every single year and then slowly they all come back. They all come back. I get on some list somewhere. Somebody sells my email somewhere. I don't even know. But I've been steadily unsubscribing and it just makes my life so much better. Good for you. To not wake up to that huge red 
notification of dot. 45 overnight. Uh, I know. So good for you, ladies. Good for you. Make a goal and do a few a day. Okay. What was your miss? My miss is, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm trying to express with this, but you know, we, um, we had to kind of bail out of a trip that was going to be this weekend for Labor Day. And, um, you know, you just kind of have that FOMO feeling and it just kind of sucks. Yeah. I mean, just with timing for my husband with work, he has like a hunt and other things coming up and taking time off and just it felt really busy there for a few weeks and just too much coming up. So we decided to take that off our plate and you just, but it's just kind of a bummer. You still feel like you're missing out. We're, we're missing out of a trip with some neighbors and more than anything, my one son is like just so so sad. Sad. Yeah. He is just like, all of them get to go and they're all going to be together and I'm not going to be there and I'm going to be here and I'm so sad. Oh. And he just is giving me such a hard time. And so it just kind of puts salt in the wound. And I already feel bummed that we're not doing it, but then he's like that sad. I just feel awful. Oh. And I know that sounds so stupid because I know we get to be fortunate and we get to go a lot of places and do stuff and it's fun a lot of times for us, but we really just felt like we need to kind of level out. We've been just overscheduled. It's yeah. felt like too much. And... But, you know, that's oh, like you lose some sometimes and it's just kind of a bummer. But that was probably the more responsible thing to do. Yeah. And I do know? like in a weird way have a little bit of like, oh, yeah. sigh, like, okay, one thing's off the table, but I know like at the end we're kind of missing it. Yeah. And it's a bummer. I get that. But I get that. Um, okay. <laughs> My miss is, again, pretty silly, but I'm counting it as like a life miss. Lauren, you know this about me, but I'm a chronic nail biter. Yeah. And yeah. I've now passed that on to two of my children. Really? So sad and so tragic. Like mom fell to the 10th But degree. are you a nail biter yeah, or just your cuticles? No, I... You do bite your nails. I bite my nails. Okay, like okay. I'm, yeah, I'll come look at them right now. So oh I, my gosh. I have had to keep artificial nails or like I dip them normally. Yes, right. And I took a little break like this past week and... No, I'm such a nail biter. I will bite through the dip that's at times. so crazy you. it is like if i that's get crazy that, if i get that anxious i will start biting the dip it's that wild see i don't think i've ever put my finger in my mouth in my life oh it's not but my husband does and he's so like he jokes that he has the best immune system because of it <laughs> and i'm like that's so gross <laughs> that's a good angle <laughs> but yeah he's like i have like really a really good immune oh, it's system so due to that gross like I'm i like, don't Ugh. even want to think about it it's so nasty but like i just feel like such a bad mom that through my example my kids are now doing it two, I, ha my I two have oldest. one that does re pretty regularly it and just I'm like dude me up inside I'm I know like, stop please I know. don't do this like listen to me don't right. do what I do right and Jeremy would just be like then don't do it just stop <laughs> and I'm like okay like how do you stop a habit you don't even know you do yes it's so annoying but anyway okay well that's my mess all I'm right you mom. do better put on that nasty nail polish you just I like know. the thumb suckers they still make that oh yeah I yeah. bought some for um, Emmett. One of your and, children? Yeah. Does it work? Obviously yeah, it's not. gross. It is pretty gross. And I think it like stays in your mouth for a little bit. So you're oh, like, really? Ugh. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so interesting. Maybe try it. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, guys. Well, that'll do us for this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you are following or subscribing the podcast wherever you listen. We are back every Monday with new episodes and fresh content. We have some fun things on the horizon here that we should be announcing soon. 
To get all the latest information, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at The Mom Voice Podcast. The Mom Voice Podcast. We are there occasionally throughout the week, and that's probably the best way to get a hold of us. If you yeah. have any feedback or For questions sure. or anything like that, you can always shoot us a direct message on there and we will try and get back to you. Um, anything else, Lauren? That's going to do it. That's going to do this Yeah, one. that's a, it's a pretty good one. Big one. No, and you guys, it, you would be doing us a major solid if after you listen to this, you go and leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen. That is truly like one of the best ways that we grow and word of mouth, obviously. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for being here, for being a part of our little community here. And we will talk to you next week. Take care of each other. All right, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. And before you head off to tackle your day, we just want to take a moment and remind you about our Shop the Show feature on our website, themomvoice.com. Head over there to find episode sponsors, products we're loving, gift guides, and a lot of fun things. Again, it's themomvoice.com. Shop the Show. All right. Have a great day. Have a great day.